anymore, but the, uh, the maintenance team will tell us often that as they walk around the building and they're trying to clean or work on electronics or things like that, that they'll find piles of that feathery stuff that was on the back of those because it would be shot at the glue on the back of the, of the materials. So those little pieces of flannel graph are still all over um, CEF headquarters. What we do now is we use what's called a flashcard. And if you ever remember the, the missionary stories or a teacher standing up in front of you telling the story and they tell a story, oh, let me talk about the story of Joseph. And they go a little farther and then while they're done talk or they continue to talk, they turn the picture and they're showing the story to the children in front. We produce these flashcards. As my father said, we are in every single country of the world except for North Korea. And in those countries, we have national headquarters, boards, committees, and full-time workers. Um, we are in more countries than Coca-Cola. <laughs> if you think about that, the, the, the year we surpassed Coca-Cola, they went out and they bought the little glass bottles of Coca-Cola and handed it to every single worker in the world <laughs> at, a, at a giant conference, uh, saying, you know, how good is God that, that we've surpassed Coca-Cola and how many countries we're in. Uh, my position with CEF is as the executive director of global literature. So uh, I am the logistics guy globally to make sure that all of these get printed, get developed, get translated, get printed, get distributed. As you can imagine, shipping these around the world is not a simple task. And then that, that they're also stored properly and used properly in country. Um, because of the difficulty of shipping, uh, we have to ship nonstop all the time, tracking shipments and trying to do it in multiple languages with multiple customs and multiple different styles of waybills and importing through countries and importing through sister ministries that also can get shipments who have better relations with customs than we do. And as you can imagine, it's a giant puzzle to get all of these things into different countries. Believe it or not, we actually have our greatest ministry in the Middle East. And the way we do that is it's perfectly legal to ship this, a picture book with no words, into those countries. And so uh, we can actually ship containers, shipping containers full of materials uh, into some of the Middle Eastern countries with have these pictures. And then through a secret website <laughs> that they have to have a login to and it's highly secure, they can go in and select one of the 17 or 18 Middle Eastern languages and they can download the text or the teacher's guides for absolutely free of charge. And if they get this, they can print it out on their phone or they can have it on their tablet or uh, in many cases they're using an office copier, multiplied copies, and they're handing out these teacher's lessons. Uh, and we're able, of course, to get it into the country through digital means and we can then promote the gospel. It, it's an incredible organization with many, many touches. And I just wanted to walk you through a few things. We're handing out to you today, it, it, it's a booklet. I don't know how many of you have got it, but if you'll, if you'll look at the booklet that says, Every Child, Every Nation, Every Day. That is our motto. It is our vision to reach every child, every nation, every day. Uh, what that means is every child, we've already talked about our goal to get inside every single country, and I'll just tell you right now, while we don't have ongoing ministry in North Korea, we do have an extremely strong ministry in South Korea. And the South Koreans, um, 
they are so passionate sometimes, I think they're like, they're just trying to like put their eye in the dictator over in North Korea, or put their finger in the eye of the dictator in North Korea. They literally broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week, radio stations on all kinds of frequencies, shooting the gospel over into North Korea. When the weather is right and the wind is blowing across the DMZ, the workers in South Korea will get together and they've got these giant square balloons with the entire gospel printed in Korean with pictures like a gospel tract would. And on this balloon, they fill it up. They put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these balloons together. They allow them to go up when the wind stream, the jet stream is just right and it blows across the DMZ and they land in North Korea. And the North Korean company uh, uh, government was so upset, they called South Korea and they said, you have to stop it. And South Korea was like, well, okay. So they told us we weren't allowed to do that anymore. And then the climate just changed maybe six months ago. And the government said, what balloons? You can send balloons. We never said you can't send balloons. And so now all of a sudden we're sending balloons again. And... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised when the doors of North Korea open and we're allowed to see what's going on in that country if there's not a large underground church based on radio stations and balloons and the ministry of CEF that we can't even tell you about because we, we do know there are people getting in and sharing the gospel, but we can't tell you who they are or when they're going in or how it's happening. And we call those countries red countries. Uh, at the end of our presentation today, I'll tell you about some red countries and the incredible ministry going on there, but I can't show you pictures of the workers. I can't tell you their names. Uh, it's very, very dangerous. And so as we're here today, uh, I want you to remember CEF, every child, uh, every single nation. That means our literature must be written in a way that the gospel can be translated uh, so that we have the truth of the gospel and praise the Lord, it transcends all cultures and languages. And we have to be able to translate the gospel into those languages and get it into the hands of those teachers. And so we have a massive organization when it comes to the education of national workers. CEF has over 4,000 uh, full-time employees. And 96% of those are not Americans. <laughs> they are nationals from that country reaching the people of their country. And the way we do that is we go in with Children's Ministry Institute workers, people that have been trained here in the States and in other cultures we have uh, institutes as well that uh, teach children effectively as one of the classes we have. And we go in with instructors of teachers, the IOTs they call them, and we will go in and spend a week, two weeks, 12 weeks, depending on what course we're teaching. And we might have in India, uh, recently we taught 1,300 teachers to give the gospel through our materials. In Africa, I know in Zambia just this year, they've held five different CMI, Children's Ministry Institute classes, and they will have somewhere between 50 and 100 teachers show up to get trained. And what they do is they'll walk into churches and they'll say, what do your people know about teaching the gospel? And they say, well, we, we teach the gospel. No, you don't. I saw your school, your Sunday school, you were teaching kids to dance. That's all you did. There was no gospel. 
You need to teach the gospel. You need to come to our classes. And they're very inexpensive. And they're, it's so funny because what happens is that pastor says, you're right. And their entire Sunday school teacher group will show up at a CEF classroom in Zambia and for an entire week take classes on how to lead people to Christ and how to use our curriculum to teach Bible lessons. And then we will provide the curriculum free of charge. So we, we fundraise here in the United States and in several other developed countries. And we're able to produce from the United States most of the curriculum for English and Spanish-speaking North and South America comes out of this region. And then we have another print shop in Ireland. And in Ireland, we print containers. And uh, typically, uh, that print shop is able to do uh, oftentimes even a container a day, depending on if it's our literature they're printing. And then those containers will go around the world and, and into each country. Uh, and then some, because of the, the, the political nature of the country, we do what's called in-country printing. And we've been able to find printers in different countries who have made a commitment to print our literature um, uh, wisely. And what they do is they print the pictures for us in places we can't get the pictures in. And then the text, the teacher's text that tell them what to do, um, that will happen digitally and they can produce on an office copier because that's the part that can actually get you arrested and killed. Uh, so they can do that in an office somewhere and uh, it's a very secret network that gets that pushed out. Um, I do have uh, the second part of here, every child, every nation, the everyday portion. The everyday portion uh, has always been part of our slogan, but about 12 years ago it became an extremely uh, driving part of what we do. And we've developed what's called the Everyday with God and the Wonder Book devotionals. And these devotionals are 60-day devotionals that walk children through the gospel. It walks them through the Bible stories. And we have 18 books. And when you complete all 18 books, you will have covered every doctrine and every major Bible uh, story. And you will have learned uh, a litany of things across the spectrum so that you, uh, by the time your child finishes all 18 books, they've got a very strong grasp of the Bible. These have been translated into uh, well over 30 languages. And uh, even now, I know we're translating them in Rwanda and Burundi and Africa. We just paid for the translation of that getting done. And we're constantly trying to find translators to do these. Why? Because these are every day. A child will come to a club, or a party club we might call them, and they will hear the gospel, and the teacher will then hand them a book, and they've got 60 days of devotions. Well, in, in Africa, for instance, this is in English, and English is the business language, it's the educated language, and so they want to learn English. So when they take this book home, guess who else reads it? Mom and dad says, wait, that's English. I want to learn English because that's, that's how you move up in the society is knowing more English. And the parents will read this and we have countless testimonies of parents coming to Christ uh, because of the books we were able to hand the child. And uh, we, we lovingly call all of these materials in our tract materials paper missionaries. Um, you might have heard that before. I know that's a, a common thing with uh, uh, literature. But a paper missionary crosses culture. I don't have to know Bimba to be able to give the gospel in Bimba. I can just take the book and hand it to a kid that speaks that language. I don't have to know Polish in order to hand out a book in Polish. 
or hand out a tract in Polish, and that doesn't change. The paper lasts much longer than I do in my presence. Uh, we had a young man in, um, uh, in Kenya, and he was given a gospel tract. He was young and didn't care about it at the time. He took the gospel tract, and he put it in his pocket. Several years later, he was clearing out a closet and was taking things out, and he had a, this old pair of pants, and he took it out, and he saw there was something in his pocket. He pulls out the tract that he, was, he received six years earlier and was looking through it and said, why didn't I read this before? This is the best news I've ever heard. And he ended up getting saved. He then found the address on the back of the tract and tried to find the church that gave it to him. And it was a missionary from CEF that was visiting and gave it to him. He found the office, asked more questions, said, how can I get involved? I want to give paper missionaries to children. He got involved. He started teaching a club. And I just got had lunch with him yesterday. He is currently the regional director for East and Central Africa for Child Evangelism Fellowship, all because of a paper missionary somebody had once in his pocket. We had another regional director, Josepha from Mozambique. I can say his name. Um, <laughs> Josepha from Mozambique uh, says... I grew up in an area where civil war was there for 16 years of my life. My first memory was the bayonet filled with uh, brains and hair and blood. It was a civil war. My family would dig a pit out in the bush. And when they, we heard the enemy coming, we didn't know if they were going to burn our house down or not, so we would not sleep in our house. We would run to the bush and we would sleep out in the bush and hope that our house would be there in the morning. And in this crisis, there was a missionary from Brazil that came and was telling us the gospel, and it was a, uh, a Jehovah's Witness missionary. And the Jehovah's Witness said, God is coming back in the year 2000. And so he remembered that, and he said, okay, well, I'll worry about that before the year 2000. So he had in his brain, he needed to, he needed to find out something about God in the year 2000. So for years, he's running from the enemy. He tells a story about the bullets that he would be running from as a child and his brother dug a pit in the bush and they would go dive in the pit and pull the camouflage up over themselves. And uh, in that culture, he's, he's trying so desperately to find some rhyme or reason, some hope. And he said, I just need to find somebody who knows something about uh, uh, Jesus because he's coming back in the year 2000. Now that missionary had long since gone. And he said, I remember I was sitting in secondary school when I was 16 years old and my friend was there and he said to another person, will you go to my Good News Club with me? They're going to tell us all about Jesus. And he said, I was so angry. And I said, why will you invite him and you will not invite me? And he said, oh, well, I'll invite you. And he went, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ from the first time from a missionary from Brazil, was with CEF visiting there. They both speak Portuguese, Mozambique and Brazil. Uh, and so he understood the gospel the first time, got saved, went to university, got connected with CEF, started the ministry of CEF in Mozambique permanently with a board and committee, opened up a national office, and just was elected the regional director uh, for South and Southern Africa and Indian Ocean region. Uh, it's amazing what one touch of the gospel can do in these lives. And, and now we see millions of children in these regions coming to know Christ. 
I, I want to show just real quick in our slideshow. Uh, is that video going to play? I didn't know if it would. Not, that was not going to play. Let's go to the next slide. This right here, that is what a container looks like. It is exactly what you would think of a shipping container. And this is a container. I got this in a, uh, a text message and it said, Praise the Lord that the container is in place. And this is in Namibia, Africa. Uh, Trudy sent this to me and they will park that there. It's full of gospel literature and then that's their warehouse. And then as it gets lower, they'll put in more orders. This was delivered free of charge to them. Not free of charge. <laughs> as you can imagine, printing this in Ireland, which is where this one got printed, shipping it to Namibia in southern Africa, and then getting it off the barge and onto a truck to be delivered at their Good News Club and then stored there for the year, sometimes two, until they use all that literature is quite expensive. Uh, but it's so worth it. We've been able to get an agreement with a, this printer in Ireland. We make a donation to them. It's a large donation every month. And then they produce um, for free, for free, they do all the shipping and the customs to get it to the country. And then we work to get it from the border into where the Good News Club's offices are. Uh, let's go to the next picture. And uh, this is Joy to the World. And uh, you might notice that as we go through the pictures here, there's this one and there's the next one. And that's also joy to the world. And the next one, that's also joy to the world. And the next one, also joy to the world. And the next one, and the next one. <laughs> you might notice this is the 17 languages in the Middle East. And this is the website I was talking about. That's as plain as it is. You have to have a password to get in, but in order to get the lessons free of charge, they log into this, password, uh, this website, they click on the language, those are all languages, and what will happen is they will get PDFs or uh, Word documents, depending on what they use, that have all of our lessons translated into their language completely free of charge. Um, and, and this is how we're able to get past customs, past the police, past, past different government entities, uh, because they can do this from the internet that doesn't have to go through customs and get checked. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, this here is a bunch of children in Africa. Um, I believe this picture right here is also from uh, Namibia. And you might notice they've all got the Wonder Devotional book in their language. That's not the English version. That's a different version. Uh, next photo, please. This is Doria. She is one of our workers in Zambia. And uh, she also is handing out the Devo books, and it looks like they've got some sweets and some candies with them as well. Um, uh, these clubs are huge. Uh, if you look inside this book here, I believe the first page, you'll notice that we have a great ministry in the United States, and I don't want to undersell it. The fact that the United States and the, the Caribbean, the North American Caribbean region, reaches 625,000 children each year. But if you'll notice that down where Zambia is at in southern Africa, Indian Ocean, they are reaching almost 3 million children a year with the gospel. Now, this year those numbers are going to be much greater. In Zambia, we have the privilege. Uh, Zambia has decided they want to be a Christian nation. Now they don't care what kind of Christian, they just want to be Christian. <laughs> and so what they said is, we're requiring that religion is taught in all of our schools. CEF of Zambia said, 
we will teach in all of your schools, every school we can get to. So they've made agreements with hundreds and hundreds of schools. And what happens, and I was there, I got to do this. This was an amazing experience. We walked in with two or three teachers and they stopped school. They ring a bell and they say, the teachers are here, the teachers are here, the gospel teachers are here. And all the children, there's two ways they do it. They'll come to the courtyard, sometimes five, six, seven, eight hundred at a time. And they will sit down and we will be able to share with them gospel literature, uh, sing the songs, do the memory verses, tell the Bible lesson, tell the missionary story. Uh, and we will have the school shut down for sometimes two hours doing our Bible clubs. And when we get done, they say, and the teachers will come back next week. And they don't know when they're coming back. And then when the teachers show up, because it's government mandated, they say, stop the school. The teachers are here. The teachers are here. And we went to another school where the teachers will go and the, each teacher will take a different classroom and they'll do a 45-minute lesson. Then they'll walk out and go down the hall and they'll go in the next classrooms and they'll take 45 minutes and then they'll go down the hall and in the next classroom they'll do 45 minutes until they do every classroom in the school. Then they will get in a vehicle, they'll drive to the next school and do the same thing. And we have teachers teaching sometimes eight to 10 clubs a day promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ all throughout Zambia. I'm in a group chat with the workers of Zambia, and by my best calculations, they, at one country is almost over a million children just this year. Praise the Lord. That's amazing. Next photo, please. Uh, this is in Namibia. This is during a camp. Good news. I believe that's the gospel of John that we're produced. Um, and in this one day, they went to this poorer region, and they handed out 1,500 gospels of John just in that one day. Uh, next photo. Uh, oh, will this play? I don't know if this one will. I thought that one was copied. Okay, well, later, if you're really interested, you've got to hear these kids sing. When I walked into the room, the teacher started singing, hello, hello, and all the kids would say, we welcome you to the Good News Club. And then it was this whole song they did clapping together. Uh, and it was just amazing. You'll see them sitting five to a table, perfectly uh, it behaved, and, and just super excited to hear the gospel. I mean, as the teacher's telling the stories, they are just plugged, they're glued. And I said, I don't understand why we can't get the children of America to be so plugged in. And the teacher said, this is their radio, this is their TV, this is their entertainment. This is the chance they get to see in their mind's eye, imagine a world beyond theirs. You're bringing them something totally different. They look forward to this more than anything else they learn in school. The next photo. This was a club we did in the bush, and they took us out uh, uh, into the more remote parts of Zambia. Um, this is just someone's front yard. It's more like a courtyard in a... Um, Describing the bush is not, it's different than in our missionary stories. There's hedges like you see here all around, and then there's small buildings that are concrete with corrugated metal roofs just scattered all around the desert. And uh, when we pulled up, there was no children there. And then if you go to the next picture, uh, there were about seven or eight kids that came, and they started praying next to the hedges. When they got done praying, the teacher said, go, go and give the gospel. And I'm like, okay, well, they start singing in their language, and they're screaming. It's just singing at the top of their lungs. 
and they go running. And I said, what are they doing? She says, they are sending the bush telegram. <laughs> and they go running through the bush. Next photo. This is what it looked like at the end. There was 166 kids, 167 I think at the end. They just kept coming out of the different hedges and kept coming and the club kept getting bigger and kept getting bigger and kept getting bigger <laughs> until eventually if you look, I know that's a small picture to see, but in the very back, the people standing up are the parents. And they came with the babies on their back and they stayed and when we were handing out the gospel literature, we were handing out the Devo books at the end, they come to you and they say, don't forget the parents <laughs> with both hands outstretched like this. We, we, we want to know too. We want to know too. Next photo. Here's some more children with our gospel literature. Uh, this, this is why we do what we do. Uh, there are young people that just don't know. Next photo. I'm going to have to fly here. The clubs in Zambia, however, pale in comparison to the clubs in the Philippines. This is a club in the Philippines. As you can see, uh, there are nearly a thousand kids there. And uh, this was during National Reading Day in the Philippines. And so we supplied all the material for National Reading Day. And as you can see, uh, hundreds of thousands of pieces of gospel literature were handed out in the Philippines that day. And it's one of our stronger ministries around the world. Uh, the Philippines is absolutely on fire for Jesus. Next photo. Uh, one of the hardest places to do ministry is in the Middle East. If you look at this chart, and I know it's hard to read, but if, if you'll follow the colors, uh, the green and the light green are the Muslim-dominated countries. And we say dominated. Uh, we say America is a Christian nation, but what that means is about 30% of America would claim to be Christian, and yet we say it's a Christian nation. When we say that these are Muslim nations, the numbers come out to be something like 97%, 80%, 95%, 80%, uh, 97%. Uh, in those regions, in all the green up there, uh, if we were to produce literature um, in such a way that we produce in the States, the first look that the government has at it, you'd be arrested immediately. So it takes some time for them to figure out what you're doing then somebody's got to call the cops. Then the cops have to show up. And then you have to be arrested. So what happens specifically, and I'll tell you a story in Morocco. I won't tell you what his name is. Uh, but the missionary in Morocco, we actually call him Brother Z. I think I'm allowed to say that. Uh, that's not his name. It's just a letter of the alphabet we've assigned to him. Um, but he will go and he will present gospel messages to the children in the parks. And he says, I can go to a park with the pictures and I can stand there and hold the picture up and start telling a story. And he will have anywhere from three to 500 kids in the park flood to where he's at. Well, that draws a lot of attention. So he says, I set my watch and I know how long it takes for the police and the government to respond. And so when my watch goes off, I tell the children, you'll have to wait until I come back to know more. He tries to hand them out some literature as best he can. And then he leaves. In that specific country, he was there, his alarm went off, but he was handing out literature and he couldn't stop. And he's handing it out and he had somebody come up and they said, can I have one too? And he said, I wasn't thinking, I was so excited, I handed our material to a police officer. He was arrested, his wife and the other missionary that was with them, they were able to run away and get away, but he was arrested. 
they beat him and beat him and beat him. Why? Because they, they said, we need you to unlock your cell phone. If he unlocks his cell phone, they would have been able to receive every missionary name and every contact in the region. And he said, if I would have opened my cell phone, hundreds of people would have died. So I had prayed to the Lord and I said, if you choose to kill me this day, I will die a martyr, for they will not shut down the gospel in my country. The lead worker, as they were beating his face into the table, literally, saw that he was starting to change color. He has a heart condition. He's not a young man. And he was starting to turn yellow. And he said, he is changing color. He is going to die. And if he dies, I have to do a bunch of paperwork. Please don't kill him. And he said, I have an idea. He said, are you a spy? And he said, no, I'm not a spy. He said, how can we know? He says, you're going to have to trust me. He said, why should we trust you? He says, because I'm a Christian. <laughs> And he said, okay, I guess I have to let you go. So they let him go only because they didn't want to do paperwork. And they said, we're going to do it because we think it's okay because we'll trust because you're a Christian. And he was being persecuted for being a Christian. It makes no sense whatsoever. So in these countries, we've got to be very careful. Every year, one of the biggest outreaches we do is called Christmas Party Club. You say, what's that? Christmas Party Club is the very first step into reaching into the children's lives. If you tell children all around the world, please come to a Christmas party, they will come. They'll come to get the sweets, they'll come to get the games and the crafts, and they'll have a great time. And then when they come, we tell them the story of Jesus. In this region, however, uh, it can't quite function like that. We can still invite them to come to a Christmas party, but we don't say anything about baby Jesus in a manger. Next slide, please. If you show these images, baby Jesus in a manger and the wise men, and you have pictures like this, immediately the first time you show the picture, the children will turn off because you are the enemy. The parents will pull their kids out. The police will get called. However, if you write a lesson like this one, I don't want your money. Now I've got your attention. And so we say, come, come to our Christmas party and learn the story of I don't want your money. Well, I've never heard that story before. What does that have to do with Christmas? And so the children come. Even the parents often come. And the story is of an orphan boy who gets adopted by a wealthy family. And he notices they're nice, they're kind, they're taking care of them. And he's worried uh, one night and they come and they say, they say, don't worry. I don't know what you're worried about. One day, everything we have will be yours. And he responds, I don't want your money. I want your God. I want your Jesus. You have something I don't have. And then it's a story of how the gospel changes his life, and it's more important than money. Do you see how this would translate in the Middle East? Go ahead, next slide. We were able to take that lesson, develop that lesson, and translate it into these 17 different languages. I know there's only like, what, 12 up there right now. Um, not only translate them, but produce them in these different languages by printing in country. The only way to do it is to buy printers, put the small office printers in the offices, and to print that way. Next slide, please. We can then produce quality materials. These are not children holding the materials. These are teachers. Each one of these teachers, in order for them to receive material, must agree to do at least three clubs. As you can see, this is just one teacher's training where they're learning to use the material and all the material that's there. Next slide, please. 
More in a different country. Next slide. More of them in another country. Next slide. More in another country. Next slide. More in another country. These are all teachers. Next slide. More teachers learning to use the curriculum. Next slide. Look at that training. <laughs> this is the organization, CEF. Go and tell the story. It's so much bigger than that. It's, it's, it's massive. It's huge. Next, next slide there. All the translation, all the distribution, all of that is happening even as we speak. Next slide, please. Another, this is that, that was actually a club, and this one's actually a club. The next photo there. Uh, that one's actually a club with the children learning in the Christmas party. It is amazing what God is doing. I'll, I'll go to the next slide. I think there should be one. There's the one. We were able to produce 151,000 copies of those materials and those texts, those teacher's guides, and every single one of them was printed in country on an office printer. That, I don't know if you've ever used an office printer before, but that is a crazy, crazy number of anything to produce on an office printer. If you'll notice those numbers, they're not equal. Some countries have a very small number of teachers. Um, but if you'll look at number two, India. India, we have 10 different languages just in India alone. And in India, they produced 125,550 copies of the curriculum. They have planned, assigned teachers, found locations, bought the sweets and the snacks and the crafts, and have them ready to go. They have already planned 212,000 clubs across the country of India. In that one country alone, during the month of December, their goal is to reach four million Indian children with the gospel of Jesus Christ in a country where you're not even allowed to. We need your prayer. <laughs> CEF is doing a massive thing. This, this is uh, God just showing off. <laughs> God says, you're going to make rules on the government that says we can't talk to the children. I'm going to empower workers to stand up to the government and to do great and mighty things. I, I've got some of the materials here. I didn't have a chance to go through the Every Child Every Day booklet, but I want you to take a chance and read through that. What you'll notice is it walks through each step of the process. Uh, with the Good News Club is often predicated by a party club. We do the Christmas party or often an Easter party. And then we invite the children to come to a Good News Club, and they happen each week. And then the children that come to the Good News Club get invited to a five-day club. Some of you remember that was called Backyard Bible Clubs. Uh, many years ago, that was the name they used. They've now changed it to Five-Day Club. Um, and then the five-day clubs use missionary stories and uh, other uh, gospel-centered narratives in the Bible. And we reach that children that way. Um, and then we do training. We have CMIs, or Children's Ministry Institute, in every um, major language. And in most cultures, um, we have teachers scattered around the world. I believe last year is the number in here. It might, yes, last year we were able to train 439,423 teachers worldwide. The numbers should hurt your head. Um, then we have equipping. And equipping is the part that I actually have the privilege of working with every day. It's trying to get the material not only developed, but get it out the doors and into the hands of our teachers and in front of the children around the world. Uh, and you'll, you'll be able to read about that there. And then, of course, the supporting. 
Uh, we have a program called SPAN, Sponsor a National. Uh, in many of these countries, specifically the red countries, but also underdeveloped countries, they're not able to go around and get church support to be a missionary. So what we do is culturally support them. So what that means is in different regions, the amount of support is different. But we try to cover their most basic needs of shelter and food. And then many of them will work other jobs to provide other things. We can at least make sure they are alive and can exist. Um, in order to fundraise SPAN or sponsor a national CEF International Headquarters where I work, our goal is to raise $335,000 a month in order to support the ministry around the world. That's a big number. But so is 20 million children, which is how many children were you able to reach last year. Another big number is 100 million. Our goal is to reach 100 million children every single year with the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world in every single nation of the world. If you'll notice, I also gave you this one soul brochure. And uh, uh, it's an ask. I'm asking you not only to pray for CEF, but I'm asking you if you would consider a gift. Uh, the gift uh, is explained throughout here, but the backside, uh, you can either fill this out and, and turn it into me, or you can use a QR code. Um, I had to ask my children how to help me do that. Basically, you point your phone at it. It takes you to a website where you can fill it out. And I would consider you to make change for a dollar. If you would consider giving a dollar a day, $31 a month, uh, write that on there. And, and partner with us. Uh, you'll get our prayer letters. You'll get an Impact magazine. Uh, you'll be updated on how we're doing, and you'll join our donor base. Um, but, but this is an extremely important thing. I'm not asking Faith of Avon to support us as a missionary. I know there's a lot of difficulties with that. And, and, and so we're primarily supported from a lot of individuals around the world. And, and that donor base is huge. Uh, but I can't tell you the resources that we lack. <laughs> we do a lot, and it, and it costs a lot. Uh, I wish everybody would make everything free. That'd be super awesome. But the paper costs something. The ink costs something. The cargo costs something. And just recently, the customs cost something. We had to pay for a shipment to be sent to Ethiopia. We were able to get the paper donated, the ink donated, the shipping donated, the cargo container donated, and we got it all the way uh, to Ethiopia, and they said it would be $6,000 to bring it across the border. Okay, well, it's still a lot of material for very cheap, but it's $6,000 that we can't, uh, the, the government of Ethiopia won't support us uh, and donate to us. I don't know why we tried um, but we're asking you to step beside us. So if you'll prayerfully consider a gift even this morning and, uh, and join with us. This is a massive, massive effort and I want you to be part of it. I want God to be able to bless you uh, and allow you to be part of what I am uh, uh, doing right now. My son works in the creative department. I look at him and I see him animating and, and doing the videos for the kids. On our digital platform, we have an app for kids in different languages as well. Um, they can get on their phone and play games and do things like that, watch videos. Uh, and I say, man, that's cool. I wish I could be part of that. And then I go and I watch our pressmen run this 27-foot-long, 15-foot-wide press, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be part of that. And then I hear from Josepha in Mozambique about how he is doing clubs of 1,200 kids a day, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be part of that. And as I was thinking that, I remember God just spoke to me recently in the last week, and he said, Dean, you are part of that. You're praying for them. You're supporting them. You're equipping them. You are part of the army of evangelists reaching the world. And I'm asking you to join us and do the same. 
I appreciate your time. If you want to have any questions, I was hoping to open it up, but I'm out of time. Uh, as soon as we're done praying and we uh, dismiss here, uh, I'll be in the back for a while. Um, I, I'll have a computer. Maybe we can hear those kids sing. Um, but if you have any questions about CEF or how you can join us or if you'd like one of our Impact magazines and it tells you how you can sign up for a free subscription, I'd be glad to give you one of those as well on the back table. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for, the, for what you've called us to. I pray that as you call us to reach uh, our neighborhood and those around us, that you uh, allow us to, to be involved in a ministry across the USA and across the globe. I thank you for what you're doing even now through the CEF and the Christmas Party Clubs, and I pray, Lord, uh, that you allow us to see our part in all of this. I, I pray that you will continue to keep the workers safe and bless their efforts and, and bless us all during this holiday season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for your time.